Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, March 25th, 2013. Today we're reading from the big book. We are going to begin on the title page at the very front of your book. Today's readers are Penny E., Kim, Rebecca, Fran, and Judy B. Share code for Friday, March 22nd, 4134. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Lois to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Lois, a recovered compulsive overeater. Very grateful to be here today. Uh, The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. Praying only for knowledge of his will for us, and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice the principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you. I will now call on Meg to read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Leah. Good morning. My name is Meg O, and I am a grateful compulsive overeater in Vermont. The 12 traditions. One, 
Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 2. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. The only re- 3. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 4. Each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 5. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. OA, as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I thank you and a pass. Thank you, Meg. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the very front of the book, beginning with the title page, then moving on to the preface. And I will ask Penny E. to begin reading, please. Thank you, Leah. Good morning. Penny E., a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And Leah just explained we are on the title page. It says Alcoholics Anonymous, great big, large black letters. Alcoholics Anonymous, the story how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. 
I'm reading from the fourth edition, so you might want to make note of uh, what edition you're in. And below the line, it says Alcoholics Anonymous World Service Incorporated, New York City, 2001. Now we're going to go over to the preface, which is Roman numeral XI. This is the fourth edition of the book Alcoholics Anonymous. The first edition appeared in April 1939, and in the following 16 years, more than 300,000 copies went into circulation. The second edition, published in 1955, reached a total of more than 1,150,500 copies. And the third edition, which came off the press in 1976, achieved a circulation of 11,698,000 copies. Wow. I would like to share on this. Wow. Gosh, I hardly remember how to read those numbers anymore. Uh, Penny E. recovered in South Jersey. The first thing I want to take a look at uh, is, of course, this fourth edition. And on the bottom of that title page, 2001, if you look on the page right behind that, uh, it's going to show us that the, you know, the copyrights, 1939, 1955, 1976, and 2001. Now, a little further down on that page, it says fourth edition, new and revised, 2001. My copy then says first printing. October 2001. I don't know many how many printings there are, but I think there's at least 16 or 17 printings. And you might notice just some differences in the numbers uh, in some of the um, readings we're going to do. I forget exactly where that is, but if you see any difference, it just might be because of your uh, different edition or different printing. The first thing that sticks out to me, though, on this preface page is, wow, far out how this thing spread. Whoa. And why was that? Why was it? Because it worked. It absolutely worked. People saw results. People saw people not drinking and making major changes in their life. You know, homes were reunited. uh, Families were reunited. People were reunited with their jobs. You know, people got out of jail and didn't go back into jail. Uh, They didn't have to be in the hospital anymore. They actually saw changes, and that's a program of attraction. Wow. So uh, I'm just amazed. I'm so grateful and um, privileged to be a part of, of this fellowship and this meeting. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Penny. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? This is Helena. May I share? Yes. Hi. Uh, Helena in South Jersey. And the thing that jumped out at me is is going to be very short. It's simply that it says we have men and women who have recovered. You know, and we hear it said over and over, I'm in recovery. And that is a wonderful thing to be in recovery. But here they say we have recovered. Pass. Thank you, Helena. Anyone else like to comment on what was read thus far? Well, my name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'd like to just comment on that title page, the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. 
it's so important that word recovered. Uh, there's a lot of controversy and debate about that word oftentimes in uh, the rooms, well, regarding Overeaters Anonymous. Um, why they chose that word. Um, you know, there is a specific goal, an objective, and an aim here in the program of recovery, and that is to get to a place called recovered. Because if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. There is a specific goal here, and it is called recovered. And recovered is when that greater aspect of the disease, the obsession of the mind, has been expelled. That's exactly what this book contains, is directions to get to that place. Um, This is not about a temporary respite. This is about salvation. AA's 12 steps that are clearly described and directed in these pages are a group of principles, and they are spiritual in nature, which, if practiced as a way of life, will expel the obsession to compulsively overeat, in this case for the alcoholics, expel the obsession to drink, and it enabled the sufferer to become happily and usefully whole. And that's what this book is all about, how to get to that place. You know, these were men and women, over 100 men and women whose collective voice and experience came together and penned on these pages And they decided to write this book in which they could tell other alcoholics the good news. There's good news. This is not about a temporary respite. This is not about um, on and off, on and off. Sometimes you're sober and sometimes not. This is about the obsession of the mind, the greater aspect of the disease being driven out. And this was their experience. It was the product of thousands of hours of discussion, and it truly represented the collective heart and the collective voice and the collective conscience of those who had pioneered uh, the first four years of AA, and they had had a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And... I, too, can identify myself as a recovered compulsive overeater. And I do that first because I am, and second because the big book promises me that from the title page, from the get-go. It promises me that right at the beginning that I will get to a place called recovered. And I also say that because just to let the newcomer know that the war can be over. (laughs) You don't have to... you know, uh, continue to progress in your disease because the glory of God can and will revolutionize your life if you cooperate with his grace. And with that, I pass. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read thus far? Okay, so let's move on. With Kim, please. Thanks, Leah. Um, Because this book has become the basic text for our society and has helped such large numbers of alcoholic men and women to recover, 
there exists strong sentiment against any radical changes being made in it. Therefore, the first portion of this volume describing the AA recovery program has been large, left largely untouched in the course of revisions made for the second, third, and fourth editions. The, second call, the section called the doctor's opinion has been kept intact just as it was originally written in 1934 by the late Dr. William D. Silkworth, our society's great medical benefactor. And good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overreader from South Jersey and so excited to be starting this book over and to be reminded from the get-go, why are we starting this book over? We just finished it. We don't need to read it again, right? Well, it's saying here that this is the basic text. This is a textbook. This is not a novel to be read and to be put on a shelf. We study this book over and over and over in order to have that experience that Leia talked about and, and Penny talked about and Helena talked about, about becoming recovered. You know, I remember in college I had a, um, a teacher that gave us open book tests. And what he explained was he wasn't testing us on our ability to memorize. He was testing us on our ability to apply the knowledge that he taught us. And that meant we could go back to the book. So that's what I do. This book is something that I apply on a daily basis, and I have the ability to open up this book and look at step 10 and how I can apply that. I have the way to open up this book and look at step 11 and look at the doctor's opinion and look at more about alcoholism to learn about the insanity and to teach others about the insanity. You know, there's just a strong sentiment not to change this book. I agree. Don't change it. You know, it's largely untouched. And I think it's amazing when they talk about it being untouched, the section they talk about is the doctor's opinion. And I have to say, if I, thought, if my, if I can say there's one mistake in the big book, it was in the first edition, the doctor's opinion was on page one. And in the second edition, they moved it to the Roman numerals. And unfortunately, most people don't read the Roman numerals. And the doctor's opinion does not make Without the doctor's opinion, the rest of the book doesn't make sense. You know, in More About Alcoholism, on page 34, it says, we think few to whom this book will appeal. Well, that's why we need to read the doctor's opinion. If the doctor's opinion doesn't make sense, if you can't plug in your experience in the doctor's opinion, you may not be a compulsive overreader. But if you read that doctor's opinion and you are like, oh my God, this is explaining who and what I am, and you are motivated to go through the rest of this book so you can have that experience of becoming recovered. Because that doctor's opinion explains why I went to conventional diet programs and it didn't work. It explains why when people told me to push myself away from the table and only eat half, it didn't work. I am a real compulsive overeater. There is no middle-of-the-road solution. And this book lets me know that. And this book in the preface is letting us know right from the beginning that in 1939 this formula worked, and again in 55 and 76 and 2001 it hasn't needed to be changed because it has worked. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? This is Helena. May I share? Yes, Helena, go ahead. Um, so I'd like to also comment on basic text. And I'd like to talk a little bit about what my attitude was when I came in and first picked up this book 31 years ago. 
and that was that it was written for alcoholics by men in old-fashioned language from the 30s and 40s, and that I could rewrite it and edit it, and it would be much better if I did that. And um, I read that book like a novel. I underlined parts of it, and I thought it was a great book in some ways, but not too relevant to me. And as I said, written in old-fashioned language that I couldn't identify with because it talked about alcoholism and alcoholics. And now I realize I've been taught by a sponsor and by many people around me now and by this meeting that this is a basic text and it contains precise directions for recovery and it has totally changed my attitude. I came in with a book in my faith, in my religion, that I studied since I was a small child. And I knew that book inside, outside. And I loved what it said, but I found that I could not do what it directed me to do. And I found that the 12 steps and this book, the big book, enabled me to go back to my faith and to the book that was part of my faith and my religion and to put that into practice. Pass. Thank you, Helena. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? Penny E. Leia. Please go ahead, Penny. Thank you. Good morning again, everybody. Penny E. Recovered in South Jersey. I'm just looking at this word, um, radical changes. There exists strong sentiment against radical changes. And I like to think of this book as our inheritance. I just, you know, Bill and Bob and 100 recovered alcoholics wrote this for us. They wanted us to know. You know, I guess they... Who knows? They wanted when they were in Akron and they were in New York. They wanted people in Washington, in Southern California, in Maine, in Florida. You know, they wanted everybody to get this message. They wrote it down as their experience. It's their. It's really their their will to us. We're, this is what the, we are inheriting here. So even to think of changing it is like in to go into somebody's will who left you know fifty percent to one son and. 50% to another son and go in and change the will. You know, I, I want this son to have 75%. It's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. This is what they want us to, wanted us to know. I think if I, if I had my choice of sponsors, I'd probably want Bill Wilson to be my sponsor, you know. Like, who else to sponsor? But I have them every day. I have Bill. I have Bob. I have a 100 other recovered alcoholics as my sponsor every day. It's here. So I'm excited, too. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? Hi, this is Penny C. Penny, go ahead. Hi. I just wanted to say that, you know, beginning the big book uh, through again at this in spring, a time of new beginnings, a time for... You know, just everything's coming back to life. What a perfect time to start back right from page one and get this, what, what I've heard called a spiritual tune-up. You know, just to uh, come alive in the big book and, and for me to once again realize just how much has been given to me through these 12 steps and, I, and the gratitude that will follow me all through the day that that I have this program, I have the big book, and I have all these wonderful people on A Vision for You who helped me keep this book alive. I'll pass. Thank you, Penny. Anyone else? 
It's Monica. This is Lois. May I share? Monica and then Hi. Lois, please. Thank you. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Yes, and it is exciting to start this book over again. And I, too, was at that spot at one time. Well, I've already read that. Why do I have to go over this again? Well, that first sentence, this book has become the basic text. And what's a text? It's a textbook. It's something to be studied. There's instructions, information in here. You know, it's not a novel. I like to read it as a novel to begin with, you know. Those were those were fun stories to read in the back and skip around here and there and read what I like and leave the rest. But no, no, this is a textbook. This is to be studied. And in this paragraph, you see the word recovery, not once, but twice. Recovery. These people recovered from alcoholism. They were changed. They became something different as a result of doing what's in this book. We are so lucky to have this. And the fact that this has not been changed in 75 years. You know, there was no treatment for alcoholism before this came on the scene back in the late 1930s. And here we are, 2013, and there's still no medical treatment for alcoholism. But this book worked then, and it still works now, and it works so great they haven't had to change anything in it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Monica. And Lois? Hi, good morning, everyone. Uh, this is Lois, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And, um, you know, I feel exactly the way everybody has just described, of course. But um, I'm beginning, you know, I just wanted to share that when I when I first, you know, started to become part of... Um, the uh, the telephone meetings that that read the big book you know a few years ago you know I was so you know I was so critical I used to say oh my goodness are they going to keep struggling over every word they could talk about one word for fifteen minutes you know and uh, you know that was like I call it maybe my you know I was in I was in kindergarten you know and I was just beginning. And luckily, I, I did stay, you know, on and off, and continue to um, be led by this big book. But what, what my what my um, illusion or my the way I describe it this morning was, if I were, and I if I was um, having an, uh, a, a large overlook of this whole page that we've talked about with Bill and Dr. Bob and uh, and the doctor's opinion, you know, for me it's like you know um, it's like the God of my understanding you know, was was just present. You know, it was kind of like the way he created the world. And this is the way he created, you know, his gift to um, our recovery, that he, you know, this was all his doing. He does this in a very small way in my life. And, and when I see, you know, when I read this, I've never read it right from the beginning, so I'm very excited about it. And, and I see the way I look at it is, you know, that this is, you know, the, the uh, my world, the recovery world is swirling and God is creating, you know, a wonderful, beautiful gift, a plan of recovery. And it begins with Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob and, and on and on and on and becomes, you know, the, the most important gift to recovering, recovering people. And in my life, the most important gift and life-changing event in my life. So thank you, and I will pass. Thank you. Anyone else? Yes, this is Amy. Amy, go ahead. 
Good morning. Mama. My name is Amy. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. This really is exciting stuff. I mean, if you can put on a title page, many thousands of men and women have recovered, and it hasn't been changed after printing, after printing, after printing the first 164 pages. That says something. You know, I heard recently on the news a little while back that you know it listed the top 10 books in the Library of Congress that have been the most influential books ever, you know, to date in history. And Alcoholics Anonymous, this book is one of those top ten books, most influential books ever. And that's saying something. This is so exciting. We have a book here that is talking about being recovered from compulsive overeating. And for the newcomer, you know, we swap out the word alcohol and we put in the word food and compulsive overeating. And we have ourselves described here. And if you are what I am, the exciting news is that this book offers us a new way of life. It offers us freedom from this mental obsession, this mental obsession and this disease and what it does to us. And this is the exciting news. It's the great fact that we'll be reading about as we move into this this wonderful book. It has the recovery. The answer is here. Welcome. With that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Amy. This is Bella. Bella, go go ahead. I'll go after you, Bella. Go ahead. Bella, press star one to unmute. Hello? This Bella, is Bella from Brooklyn. This is Bella from Brooklyn. Do you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, so I just wanted to say that um, I reached my 90 days of abstinence this morning, and I'm in the 90-day program, so this was a great accomplishment. And in honor of that, I was just reminded how I came across the, the big book, and I'm an avid reader, and I was in the library and many years ago, and they had a, like a table of discarded used books that they were selling for a dollar, and I would always go to look, and I see this blue book called The Big Book. I said, and it's about Alcoholics Anonymous. I said, that sounds interesting. Let me pick it up. And I paid a dollar for it and I brought it home. And I started reading it as a novel. And as I was reading it, I realized that I can't read this as a novel because every time I read one or two pages, I have to stop and think about it because it just talks to me. And I had to, it took me forever to get to page 69. And it was just wonderful. And, and I just thought it was amazing. And I've been listening to A Vision for You since it started last summer. And I was in Overeaters Anonymous for many years. And all I did was stay abstinent and talk to a sponsor and weigh and measure my food. And I thought this was it. And it's been like a breath of fresh air to realize that there's so much more and there's recovery out there. And I just... I can't get over what this has done for my life, and I have to thank you all very much. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Bella. I, too, wanted to comment on this. It says, because this book has become the basic text for our society and has helped such large numbers of alcoholic men and women to recovery, there exists strong sentiment against any radical changes being made in it. 
uh, these men and women who recovered, they had a message to carry. And that message was very specific. That message was that they had had a spiritual awakening, also known as a psychic change, also known as a personality change. Personality is made up of the way we think and our outlook and ideas upon life. That they had had a personality change sufficient. It was adequate to bring about recovery. It was a very specific message. Even though they were over 100 men and women, uh, they didn't share personal opinions or personal philosophies. They carried a very specific message. And it's the same message we carry today. And the only way that this message can be carried is through the big book. That's why we study these pages every day. Through meetings. That's why recovered compulsive overeaters have the responsibility to carry this message. And through sponsorship, was, which is one-on-one. There's no other way a suffering compulsive overeater is going to receive this message. And this message, carrying this message is our primary purpose. That's, that's the fifth tradition, to carry this message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. So it's very specific. And of course, as was previously mentioned, they speak about recovery here. It says such large numbers of alcoholic men and women to recovery. Again, there's a goal. There's an aim. It's not nebulous. It's very specific. It's very precise this place called recovery. And we'll just, you know, let's let's re let's visit what that means, recovery. I invite you to turn to page eighty four. I'm gonna read a paragraph that describes a recovered state. It says, and we have ceased this is from the bottom of page eighty four, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. For by this time sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as if from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. That is a place called recovered. That is where Bill and over 100 men and women got, and that is why these pen... They pen these pages. Bill didn't die until January of 1971. We know that Bill didn't find it necessary to take another drink for the rest of his life. Something profound took place in his life that day as a result of these, these very same steps. And that's why the big book has been left untouched. Most textbooks get updated from time to time. People make new discoveries and they expand on their knowledge on the subject. But the program of recovery, the first 164 pages, and the introductory material, which includes, of course, the doctor's opinion, has been left untouched. Why is that? Why is that? That it, they've been... Uh, 
exists strong sentiment against any radical changes being made in it. Because since 1939, when the book was first published, nobody has been able to improve on the recovery program described in the first edition. In all the years that have passed since the big book's first edition, no one, no one, no one has come up with a better solution for people like you and I. The 12-step program works as well now as it did in 1939. And with that, I pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? I would love to share something. This is Steve. Hey, Steve. Go right ahead. Uh, There was an aha moment back then. And it was an aha moment for everybody who's ever recovered. And that's what this big book is. What it was for me is 63 years of thinking I had a willpower problem with eating. I just needed to just do a diet, and that was it. The problem was I just wasn't motivated enough. And there were times when I was for a little bit. This aha moment that Bill had and what this book's about is just like when we used to think the sun went around the earth. This is a truth that this overeating problem is not a willpower problem for me and for all of us. This overeating alcohol problem is a disease. And until I recognized it just a few months ago, that I realized that I have this disease that I needed the cure. First the diagnosis, then the cure. Step one, I'm powerless with my willpower. Wow. And so I'm on the path, now recovering. My nails are growing, not that I wanted to do that. I've never had nails that grew. And uh, just keep on keeping on, folks. It works. And I'll pass. Thank you, Steve. Anyone else on this paragraph before we move on? Leah, this is Deborah. Deborah, go ahead. Hi, this, yes, thank you. I have. I just feel so blessed and to take this book and breathe it, live it, um, listen to the vision for you and the other strong people in recovery, one day at a time. And it's purity. It's truth, and there's no wiggle room, and I appreciate and agree that, you know, no one's ever come up with a better solution. Um, It's pure, it's simple, it's direct, it can, it, to me, it's like tough love and doesn't go into enabling, you know, either you got it or you don't. And, you know, it's the whole book from my studies so far, I understand that it's a book, a textbook to be read in order from the beginning to the end in the sense that Chapter 5, I think of it as algebra or geometry. And I don't know about you, but I didn't, you know, in second grade, I didn't learn about geometry I had to start at the beginning and learn the number system 
and that's like you know the zero and the one and the two and for me besides in the preferences and the forwards to give me some history and what's you know what I'm going to be walking into the doctor's opinion even though they left it with the xx and numerals that's where I learned the number system that's where I learned I had eight or have still have today and that's why I keep reading and rereading and teaching and giving it away is that I have a twofold disease it's real clear I know when I first heard that over 30 years ago in program, I wasn't too crazy about it and the whole willpower. The essence is these words imbue me with a life I could have never had without them. And I was just reading the other day, the best way to keep this gift is to just keep giving it away, keep giving it away, and and do service by sharing with others and listening to others. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you very much. Let's move on to the next paragraph, please, with Rebecca. Hello, this is Rebecca F. from Connecticut. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. The second edition added the appendices, the 12 traditions, and the directions for getting in touch with AA. But the chief change was in the section of personal stories, which was expanded to reflect the fellowship's growth. Bill's story, Dr. Bob's nightmare, and one other personal history from the first edition were retained intact. Three were edited, and one of these was retitled. New versions of two stories were written with new titles, 30 completely new stories were added, and the story section was divided into three parts under the same headings that are used now. In the third edition, Part 1, Pioneers of AA, was left unchanged. Nine of the stories in Part 2, They Stopped in Time, were carried over from the second edition. Eight new stories were added. In Part 3, They Lost Nearly All, Eight stories were retained. Five new ones were added. And uh, I'll share on this. Um, The 12 traditions were added in the second edition. The second edition added the appendices in the 12 traditions and uh, the directions for getting in touch with AA. And, of course, those are essential parts of the big book that we read and cherish today and uh, utilize to understand um, what is meant by things that are written in the big book. And the traditions have become um, an essential part of knowing how to follow this program, um, very clear-cut directions, and also how to live our lives. Um, The stories, even though we don't read them in this meeting, are so rich with... um, useful information, and um, back then they didn't have uh, special edition meetings readily available to everyone where people shared their experience, strength, and hope. So the stories um, provide that for the reader. And uh, to this day, I get so much out of the 
um, what's being offered in the stories um, in terms of really seeing how the 12 steps are implemented in someone's lives and how um, they actually work. And I'd also like to share that um, as compulsive overeaters or um, people out there in the world who aren't um, recovered and often do have various issues with addiction or whatever, um, there's people that have um, challenged me about my program and about um, the use of the term recovered, about the use of the big book as it could possibly apply to compulsive overeating when technically it was written for alcoholics. And, um, you know, I used to be a member of the debating society, and so I can relate to where those people are coming from, that they just, you know, I guess don't have an open mind. And um, somehow, by the grace of God, I was granted um, a reprieve from being on the debating society long enough to, uh, you know, maybe because, well, not maybe, but because I was um, hit my bottom, that I was willing to embrace this program and accept what the people who were sharing it had to offer with me and not let my um, prejudices stand in the way of accepting what this program has to offer, lock, stock, and barrel, and to act as if, even if I wasn't convinced that um, it was for compulsive overeaters, and by the grace of God, I found that it was. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rebecca. Would anyone like to comment on what was read? This is Kim. Kim, go ahead. Good morning again, everyone. This is Kim J. Um, you know, we just finished the paragraph that talked about no changes, no changes. And then the next paragraph, look at all the changes they made. So why is that? Because the stories in the back have one purpose. They have one purpose. It's to get us to identify in. It's to get us to see, are we, can we relate? Can we plug in our story with what these people are saying to inspire us to go to the front of the book and do the directions? So the reason the back of the book has changed is because the fellowship has grown. You know, initially that first 100 were mostly, you know, older white men from Northeast in the United States. And today we get to read about old people and young people and black people and Asians and American Indians and gay people and people under 30 getting this. It always cracks me up when I'm reading a story and I hear about a cell phone in one of the stories. So that's what has happened. As this program has expanded, the fellowship has expanded. But the directions of how to become recovered, the directions of how to find that spiritual solution have not needed to change. But we as compulsive overeaters, we try every form of self-deception and experimentation and we're looking for ways to say, nope, that's not me. So they keep expanding the stories so that we can go, uh-oh, I've done that. Uh-oh, that sounds familiar. Until finally they get to, that's me, that's me, that's how I ate. And that will inspire us to get to the front of the book so that we can go through and apply these pages and have the same spiritual experience. Because reading about someone else's experience will not give me the experience. 
reading of all these wonderful stories, which I love to read them, will not give me the experience of that, of that spiritual awakening. What will get me that is to read that story in the back, recognize I'm a compulsive overeater, and go to the front of the book and apply these pages so I can have my own experience. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? This is Paula. May I share? Yes. Paula, go ahead. Hi, this Thank you, Leah. Thank you all. Uh, just to listen here is, is just so much. And but what we read here to reflect, what are we reflecting? It says here, the fellowship's growth. There it is. That's what we reflect. And then it goes so beautifully. Bill's story and Dr. Bob's nightmare. Wow. Gee, I can tell you Paula's story. And I can tell you Paula's story nightmare, too. What I wanted to see, what I saw here was how we continue just to stay the same as was said, but to grow. Oh, gee, what an oxymoron is that? Not at all. Not at all. And then it clearly, clearly says here, some, they will change to reflect again the population as was stated. But you know, may I go to the back of the book? coming with the front of the book, because this is what I see through the stories, through the whole book, through everything we read. There is a principle, which is a bar against all information. Well, here, may I add, and I will say again, the bar has been raised. I see and know who I am today, and yes, can identify with the stories. Each and every one, no, because this is Paula's life. But I will tell you, with identifying in I finally see, and with sight that I am given, then recovery takes place. And this is what all the stories are about. What happens when and where? As this player always so beautifully says, I thank you again for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? Hi, this is Ruth, Compulsive Reader. Hey, Ruth. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, one thing about the stories, um, that one of the things about AA, when uh, another edition was published, and if any of the stories that existed from the previous edition editions, that person had gone back out and drank, then that story was always removed from the book. So not only do you have stories that you're reading from the moment in time in which they wrote them, you can be assured that any subsequent additions would not include that story if they drank again because they would now not be recovered. Um, I think that accountability, you know, speaks to the volumes about AA's, um, what they're really about. I mean, it's even that. So in, let's say, the first edition, there was one woman, and her story was in that book, um, but by the time she then went out and drank again, about a year sober, she drank so in the second edition, her story was removed, and they continue to do that. They always uh, kind of, you know, if somebody, uh, you know, dies sober, great, um, as far as knowing that. so they, And the people that are in these stories pretty well were known and continued to be known through the years and through the decades until their death. Uh, these were not just uh, people that walked in and had a little time. They put a story in, and that was great. No, these were really the uh, true leaders of the fellowship. So when uh, OA was getting ready to do its second edition of Book Overeaters Anonymous, which was the original book it produced, would be the personal stories, 
um, I asked somebody that was on the committee, um, you know, did they have that same accountability? Did they go ahead and do that same thing? Did they make sure that anybody that had written a story for edition one would and had gone out and ate compulsive again, would that person then story be removed because that person then had not uh, not continued to be abstinent or was had not died abstinent? And uh, the person said to me, well, unfortunately, they really didn't know where you know, the vast majority, of the, or at least the majority of those people that wrote those stories in addition one, it, where they were, if they were alive or dead, or even what happened to them. So they really never did that um, in the subsequent edition that they produced. I just find that very telling. That I pass. Thank you, Ruth. And now I'll ask Fran, please, if you would, to read the last two paragraphs on the page. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Fran Compulsive Eater. This fourth edition includes the 12 concepts for world service and revises the three sections of personal stories as follows. One new story has been added to Part 1, and two that originally appeared in Part 3 have been repositioned there. Six stories have been deleted. Six of the stories in Part 2 have been carried over. Eleven new ones have been added and eleven taken out. Part 3 now includes 12 new stories. Eight were removed in addition to the two that were transferred to Part 1. All changes made over the years in the big book, AA members' fond nickname for this volume, have had the same purpose to represent the current membership of Alcoholics Anonymous more accurately and thereby to reach more alcoholics. If you have a drinking problem, we hope that you may pause in reading one of the 42 personal stories and think, yes, that happened to me, or more important, yes, I felt like that, or most important, yes, I believe this program can work for me too. And... Um, I, you know, they mentioned all the changes that happened, but the part that didn't change is the program of recovery, the first 164 pages, and uh, that's just awesome to think about. And uh, I thank you. I pass. Thank you very much, Fran. Would anyone else like to comment on what was read? This is Susan. Susan, go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, Leah and everyone. I just wanted to say that there's a term used, identifying in. And if I can't identify in, I think they're saying, then I'm going to go back out because I need to see how this applies to me and bring it home to me or it's, it's not going to stick. It's just going to be a novel. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Susan. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? Rose. Rose, go ahead. Thank you, Leah. Um, my name is Rose. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And these last two sentences for me really sums up my personal experience right now with the uh, AA Big Book. Um, yes, that happened to me. Or more important, yes, I felt like that. Or, most important, yes, I believe this program can work for me. Actually, a year ago, March, 
is when um, a recovered member of the program brought me through the um, 12 steps by starting with the um, preface of the big book and going into the doctor's opinion and bringing me up through the rest of the steps. And and um, even saying this out loud on this meeting, which is my home group, um, uh, really stuns me that this has happened to me throughout uh, this past year as a result of studying this book. And now with uh, beginning the book over, I am like, like, so overjoyed of being able to be on this meeting, and now go through the book again with another fine tooth comb, so that I can maintain my recovery of keeping in fit spiritual condition. Because at this stage that I'm at, I'm well aware that. I really can't afford to let a day pass where I'm not reading pages 84 to 88, doing a 10th step, doing an 11th step, and listening to the um, people uh, recovered and recovering share on this meeting their experiences. And um, last and definitely not least, um, being allowed to share my own recovery but this book is the um, format. It is my text. And like I said, these sentences here are, are just so alive that I couldn't not say anything. Thank you much. I pass. Thank you very much. I, too, would like to comment on the couple sentences here. If you have a drinking problem, we hope that you may pause in reading one of the 42 personal stories and think, Yes, that happened to me, or more important, yes, I, I felt like that, or most important, yes, I believe this program can work for me, too. Um, there's, there's some italics on page 18. It says, but the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. You know, these personal stories allow for something very, very, very important, and that is the identification process. That's the identification process, because that's what these recovered alcoholics had to offer the still suffering, was that there was, they were living proof that some power greater than human power had transformed their lives. And for instance, Bill's story, Bill's story, uh, an opportunity for identification, it is a frightening and it is a vivid and it is a detailed account of one alcoholic's descent into the madness of alcoholism. But it's also an inspiring and uplifting story of his complete recovery. So it's providing the reader with Number one, identification, such as, yes, that happened to me, or yes, I felt like that, or yes, I believe this program can work for me too. And number two, it, it offers a message of hope. It is the beginning of what is possible. It's the beginning of belief. It's the beginning of hope. 
And that's exactly what recovered compulsive overeaters have to offer today. When we talk to newcomers and when we share on this line, we're living proof that some power greater than human power is working in our lives also. And that's what this program is all about. This is about the raising of the dead. This is about being recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. This isn't a common experience, but it is our common experience. This is what has happened due to the fact that we've engaged in this process of these steps. We've had a spiritual awakening. We've been restored to sanity. We have soundness of mind. We've been relieved of that obsession. We've been freed from the beast, and we finally walk this planet as free men and women. And with that, I pass. Would anyone else like to comment before we close the meeting this morning? It's Monica. Monica, go ahead, please. Thank you, Leah. Thank you. And uh, you, you summed it up wonderfully here. You know, the purpose of these stories is to help us to identify. Identification, identification, identification. You know, we have a program of identification here, or this is how we come into this, hopefully, is we can identify. And what are we identifying? We're identifying what we have in common. And the stories are identifying the disease and how it affected them. And then it also goes on to to um, talk about the spiritual awakening. So these stories show in the back of the book how each one of these per- people connected with God. And, and that is the solution. God is our solution through working these 12 steps. And the last part there, it says, you know, the questions here. There's three questions there in a sense, you know. And, and the stories are helping you to, to think about this, you know. Number one. Do you have a problem? Number two, can you identify? And number three, can you believe from reading this and identifying that there's hope for you too? And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Monica. And thank you to all who participated in this morning's meeting. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Judy B., will you please read a vision for you? Certainly. Good morning, everyone. This is Judy B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.